have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of St. John, chapter 13. <laughs> Took us a while to get out of chapter 12, didn't it? <laughs> chapter 13. And we're going to, as, as the next few chapters, we're really going to get into some stuff that Jesus taught that, uh, and of course everything Jesus taught, taught and teaches in the Gospels is a very, on a need to know basis. We really need to know, need to try our best to understand what he's talking about, but it seemed like in the book of St. John from this point through by chapter, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, he really prepares us for uh, the receiving of the Holy Spirit and, and make sure we understand the criticality of having the Holy Ghost in us to be able to do the things that he's fixing to tell his disciples and us that, that needs to be done. And uh, so if somebody would, if you'd read for me the first 17 verses of chapter 13. I'll read it for you. Go for it. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Okay, so we see here a beautiful picture of something that we all in our society today need to take note of. Jesus Christ, who is he? He's God. He's God in the flesh. And he shows us a picture of something that shows the humility of the man, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Knowing he's God, knowing what's coming, knowing the things that are, 
he shows us a picture of something that he expects from us. It's called servanthood. We are here to serve. We are to serve him. We are to serve each other. And like she read just a minute ago, he said, I am your example. I'm your example. If, if I can do this, you can do it. And, and I want to add to that. I think he's saying, if I do this, you better do it. Amen. We are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has given us a picture of servanthood. And he also gives us a reason uh, for servanthood. And everything that Jesus does is based on one thing that identifies who God is, love. Everything Jesus does has got to do with love. Love of the Father, love of the people, love of the people that, that, that are here, and that don't mean just Christian people. Amen? God so loved the world that He gave us His Son. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. Amen? He's come to draw men unto repentance. But He's also come to teach us that we are to be servants for each other. Next time you feel like you're not getting enough tribute here at the church and you think that uh, everybody needs to pay a little bit more attention to you, think about this. Amen? Because there's one that gives you attention all the time. You may not know it, but he's watching everything we do, everything we say, and that includes me. And, and he says it, uh, in verse 1, Jesus knew that this was his hour, that his hour had come. He knew it was his time to die. He knew that this was coming upon him, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. And look what it says. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Amen? Now John writes this, this is a black letter. John writes this because in, in hindsight, he knows what's going on here. He wrote this, we, we've talked about this before, he wrote this gospel many, many years after Christ had died, resurrected, ascended, even several years after the Holy Ghost had been poured out. It was the last gospel written. It's possible that he was already an elderly man. And as he looked back on, on these things and he remembered these things, he, he understood the meaning of these things and he wants us to understand. That's why you see uh, so much black letter in, in, the, in the first uh, 12 verses of John. In the next four chapters, you're, not, you're going to see lots of red. Amen? Because as he remembers. But Jesus said he, he loved them that were in the world. And, and Satan, they had just got through eating the Passover meal. This, this gospel is different with the this time, it's, it's different from all the other Gospels. Okay? All the other Gospels concentrate on the Lord's Supper they, and then they, they concentrate on going to the Garden of Gethsemane and they go right into His arrest. This, this Gospel here don't do that. This Gospel here tells us what happens and the things Christ told them even after Judas Iscariot left. Okay? And so Judas Iscariot is here. And the Bible says that the devil, the devil had uh, uh, had had put things in the heart of Simon or Judas uh, to betray Jesus Christ. So we know that what came uh, as a betrayal was not thought of by Judas. It was given to him by Satan. Okay. Now he allowed this to happen. He listened to it. He didn't argue with it. The Bible don't say that he argues or fights uh, Satan in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. 
It got put in his heart and he did that. And we're going to see here in a little bit that it even gets worse for Judas after that. And so he, Jesus, when he, he knew all this stuff was going on, and despite this, all, you, know, you almost get a picture here that, that everybody's just kind of talking. Y'all know, uh, I know when we have fellowships here in, in the back and everybody just kind of just, yeah, 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 you got somebody's here and somebody's got somebody's here and there may be three or four, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, these 12 disciples were in there, apostles were in there with Jesus. I don't know if there was any other people in that room with them or not. And they're kind of conversing with each other. And they're not, it's amazing to me how much, how little attention they pay to Christ sometimes. And it's almost like they didn't even realize when he gets up, he gets his pan, and he wraps his towel around his waist, and he starts washing their feet. Now, don't say that Peter's the first one, don't say he's the last one. But he's not the first one, evidently. And, he, and Jesus just starts washing these people's feet, and nobody said a word. Now, the, the room might have got quiet when he started doing that. We don't know. The Bible don't say. But when he got to Simon Peter, Simon Peter's one of them kind of people who just can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and he, he was right in, in a way, but he was wrong in a way. How many of us, <laughs> there's a picture here. There's a picture of God trying to work and we not accepting what he's doing. Amen? Amen. There, there's a picture of God doing stuff and man don't agree with it. Uh -huh. Now let me tell you, that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. It always has and it will until the very end. Mm -hmm. And we, we look at things in the world and we say, well why is God doing, putting up with that? Mm -hmm. Listen to me. God's doing it. Well, I, I have had people to scald my hide over saying stuff like that. They just can't understand why God would allow a, 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 a government to act like it does. Well, he is. And the government that's there now, he put Caesar in power. He put the Romans in power. And they were the ones who crucified Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This didn't catch God by surprise. Amen? He, he established these kingdoms. He put Nebuchadnezzar where he was at to punish Israel for their sin. He put the Persians where they were at to punish Nebuchadnezzar for his arrogance. He put every, every world empire in its place for a purpose and a reason and for his plan, including the United States of America. He raises kingdoms up and he takes kingdoms down. And he does it not because he wants to tear them down. He does it because of their sinfulness that they accumulate through their wealth and power. Boy, do we see that in here or not? So this is a picture. Although it's just Peter and Jesus, it's a picture of God trying to do something and a man saying, you ain't doing that to me. Mm -hmm. Wow, think about that. Mm -hmm. think, think about that. And, and when we study the Bible and read the Bible, we, we're, we're studying Revelation. We're going to see what's going to happen to this place. Well, what's going on in the world right now is leading us to that place. Okay? Now, and who's doing it? God's doing it. Satan ain't doing this. God's doing it. Now, was Satan there? Yes. In the book of Job, we see that Satan walked up to the throne. Brother Sam? 
He, he came in with the sons of God, the other angels, and he came in, he's in there, and he came in and gave a report. God wanted to know what he was doing. He told him. I would only say bow to him. Don't say any of that. So he's in the midst of this, and he's dealing with a man. Satan uses men because he imitates God. God uses men. So does Satan. God uses men for good to fulfill his plan. Satan uses men for evil to fulfill his. Amen. And so we see this going on here. And Jesus gets down to Peter and, uh, and goes to wash Peter's feet. And Peter said, Lord, you washing my feet? In a question, why? And, and look what Jesus responds to him. What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Now remember, these people's eyes are blinded to a degree as to what Jesus is, who Jesus is, and what he's there for. That's why he keeps telling them over and over and over that he's going to die. And they just over and over and over, can't get it. And so Jesus said, you're not, you don't understand what I'm fixing to do right now, but you're going to understand this one of these days. Amen? Amen? That tells me something. We don't always understand everything right off the bat. Sometimes, what was that remark you made to me a while ago uh, about a man changing his mind? Oh, let's see. You know, I heard a saying, I think, a wise man will change his mind sometimes, but a fool never does. All right, a wise man will change his mind sometimes, but a fool never does. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so we don't, we don't know everything, so we have to be willing sometimes to change our way of thinking because we can think wrongly sometimes. We can get in our, eye, our heads how, it, how we, oh, we got this Bible. Woo, I got this down. Man, I can see it. I can see the line upon line, the line upon line, the precept upon precept. I can see the here a little. I know what's going to go on. Well, watch it. I mean, think about it. These people wasn't expecting Jesus to come as a baby in a cattle trough. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. They wasn't expecting their king of kings to come looking like but he did. So God's ways and our ways are different. We need to accept that and we need to always be on, on guard and look out to make sure that we can see God at work. Do y'all see God at work? We better because he don't never stop. He's always at work around us. And, and when you see God working, Brother Jim, what are you supposed to do? Join him. Get right in there with him. Roll your sleeves up. Say, Lord, I see what you're doing. Let me, let me, I want to be a part of this. And Peter said, honey, you ain't washing my feet. Now what's, the, what's Jesus doing? He's working. He's showing a, a, a valuable lesson. And here Peter is because who? Jesus is his master. He calls him master. You're not washing my feet. Hmm. Okay, now, now Jesus knows. He knows that Peter's going to betray him. He does. He tells him. I know. But hmm. did, did Peter already plan to, be to betray Jesus? Nope. No. Peter never planned to betray Jesus until he did it. Yeah. Never. 
I believe he fully meant every word he said when he said, I'll die for you. And Jesus did too, but Jesus knew, knew he wasn't going to die for him that night. And so he, he, Jesus told him, he said, you're going to understand this later. Let me do this. Peter said unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. And look what Jesus says. If you don't let me wash your feet, look at this, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now, what valuable lesson can we learn from this? Everything Jesus does, he does to show us now stuff. These guys didn't understand. Jesus knew what he was saying. He understood. But Peter, James, John, all these, they didn't have a clue what Jesus was doing here. But we look at it and we know. So he said, if you do not let me wash you, you're none of mine. Now what's that telling us? Well, I kept thinking when I read this the first time, a song popped up in my head. You know what that song was? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? If we're not washed in the blood of Jesus, we're none of his. And, he, and this is a symbol. This is that Jesus telling him, I'm fixing to wash your feet if you don't let me. You're none of mine. You can't have anything to do with me. You see that? See that in the scripture? If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. That still applies today, but not to the water, the blood. Amen? It applies. The blood is what, what, what applies to us today. And when Simon Peter heard this, it kind of, you could tell it kind of pricked his heart just a little bit. What does he say? Wash my head down to my feet. Lord, don't just wash my feet <laughs> if that's what it takes. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be separated from you. I, I, I want it well, if it takes water and you wash me, you, you get up get it all. Do my head. Do, do it all. Get from the head back, wash me. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice if we all felt that way about Jesus? <laughs> Jesus, just do whatever you want to do to me. Use me any way you want to use me. I want you to. That's kind of what Peter's telling. And so <laughs> he said, not, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And, and look what Jesus says to him. He that is washed needeth not Needeth not save to wash his save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. Now what's Jesus saying? He said, Now you're already clean, what? Spiritually. He was chosen by God. Jesus knew him, knew his heart. That's the reason I said he didn't know he was going to betray Christ. It wasn't even in his thinking. Jesus was looking at his heart, and Jesus knew that Peter did love him. He knew that Peter was going to fight for him later on that night. He's going to pull a sword out and lock the guy's ear off trying to protect Jesus Christ. And he knew these things and he told Peter, he said, you're clean. You're already clean as far as spiritual, spirituality, but you need your feet washed. Amen? That's what he said. He that is washed needeth not save to watch his feet. That, that sounds strange to us, but he that is uh, is washed needeth not but to wash his feet. He's clean inside. Jesus looking inside. 
He don't he necessarily looking at it. Now, yeah, it was a custom of that day because they wore sandals and they, I don't know whether they had any such thing as socks. I don't know about all that stuff. But I do know well, one thing, either they had socks or sandals on there, the dirt went through them and they were dirty. And so when they came into a person's home, it was customary for the servant to wash their feet. Jesus says, I am that servant. I am the servant of the home, the house. I will wash your feet. And he does this. For he knew, and what Jesus said when he said, not all are clean, he knew who should betray him. Now he, don't think for one minute, Jesus had already met Satan while he was in the flesh. Remember? When did he meet him? Forty days after, after his baptism, after he fasted forty days, Satan took him physically, absolutely. Offered him the world. Well, just spiritually, he took him, and he showed him all of these things. Offered it all to him. Why could how in the world can Satan offer Jesus the world? Because it's his. How did he get it? Adam and Eve gave it to him. <laughs> Amen. Adam and Eve gave it. That's why he is called the God, little g, of this world. That's why he is called the prince of this world. <laughs> Satan. That's who he is. And that's why we're not going to have our, our kingdom with Jesus in this world. Or that heaven. Amen. That's why. This world is cursed. Jesus hung on the tree and took the curse from me and you, Brother Gary, but he didn't take it off this world. How do I know that? Because I try to raise a garden every once in a while, and them thorns and thistles and weeds just right on up there. It's cursed. Amen? It's cursed. It's still there. Him hanging on the cross didn't stop the curse of the earth. It stopped the curse on, of sin to mankind. Remember that. And so he knew, because he knows people's hearts, that who was going to betray him. He knew already that it was Judas. And that's why John wrote earlier that, that Satan had already put this in Judas's heart to do this. This was already on his heart. And so, uh, you are not all clean, he says. So after he had washed their feet and taken their garments and was set down, Again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done to you. And, and he gives them an explanation as to what he wants them to do. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, or I am your Master and I am your Lord. Is he still our Master and Lord? You better believe it. it. Listen, and not only is he Master and Lord to the saved, he's Master and Lord to the lost, too. He's Master and Lord, period, to all men, everywhere. And, and whether they believe it or not, he still is. That don't change who he is. And, if, and he said, if I then, and your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. <coughs> now, I used to go to a church where we had a foot washing annually. And I'm sure some of the people that used to go to church years and years ago, maybe even in Baptist churches, experienced that. And I, I don't have an issue with that. But I don't think that's exactly what he's trying to tell us. You need to start washing each other's feet. 
He's telling us we need to learn to serve one another. Amen. He's telling us that we need to humble ourselves yeah. to each other. Yeah, we're not too good to do that. He's telling us we're not better than anybody. He's telling us <laughs> to look at someone else as better than our own selves. Paul teaches us that. That's what he's telling us here. He's telling us what servanthood looks like. There's no hierarchy there. Amen. Level playing field. And Jesus is asked, who is the person that ranks the highest? Jesus is the one that serveth to all people, he said. The greatest among us, Jesus said, is the one who is servant to all. He's showing them this right now. He is definitely the greatest among them, but he's serving every one of them as they sit there. And he's doing it humbly. He's doing it quietly. He, 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 don't, he, he don't even say a word. He just starts doing it. Amen? And so, for I have, now look what he says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That I, you humble yourself and that you serve one another and you help one another. And esteem others better than yourself. Jesus not only had Paul to write that to us, he lived that for us. He is our example. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Amen. You know, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians right now who want to get put up on a way higher pedestal than Jesus Christ himself. You know what the pedestal of Jesus Christ was put on was? A cross. That was his pedestal. He was lifted up on it. And he had to be put there for my sin and yours that we could be forgiven. And he did that. That's his pedestal. And we're going to see in Revelation that it ain't going to be the lion that takes over. It's going to be the lamb. When you look at most of these women, they are they become caretakers of the sick, you know, their family members and stuff like that. And that, that's that's what that is. It's servitude, taking care, of. and they go through a lot of things that they wouldn't normally want to do. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you're I, right. I remember in the nursing home thinking about this. You know, when when Marshall was in there. And, you know, she was totally bedridden, couldn't get up or anything. And then she, you know, she had to have a diaper on. And I would change that and clean her up and wash her. But I remember her telling me that, Vicki, you don't, you don't need to do that. Call, the, call the, one of the nurses or one of the aides. Hey, let them come do that. And I told her, no. I said, you're my sister and I love you. And I didn't mind doing that. Right. And, and Jesus, he just showed us to do those very things. That's who we're supposed to be. And so thank God for that. And, and he said, if you do these things, now look, I love what he says here. He said, if you do these things, how's it going to make you feel? Happy. Happy. Blessed. Glad. Your sister. When you look back now, you're glad that you did everything for her you could. You were blessed to do it, and now you're happy. Mm -hmm. 
And you don't have to look back. <laughs> you. Her ex-husband took care of him while he was dying. Same way with men take care of the wives when they get down. Uh, brother, one of you could put up metal building. Brother Donald Pine. He, he, he don't come here anymore because he can't drive good enough. He goes to Enon now. Took care of his wife for years. Bedfast. Changed her diapers. Give her baths. Cook for her, fed her. Never seen a man do that in my life. He did it. He stayed at home every day with that woman. The only time he left is when his children came to see her and he would ease off and be gone a little bit and go back home. Labors of love, servanthood. It, it's about, it's about, that's what Jesus wants us to be. That's who he wants us to be. And not only that, but to do it to our enemies. Oh, yeah. He knew Judas was going to betray him. Yeah. He washed his feet also. Yeah. That, that's the next point. Who do we do it to? Jesus did it to Judas Iscariot. He washed his feet first. He washed his feet first. Wouldn't he wash his feet first? No, he didn't say. Well, it don't say here, I don't think. So, well, I got that in my head, and I told him where I got these stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He washed his feet too because he was there. He washed all of their feet. And, and, and I think that's why John goes ahead early before all this. He shows all this that what Jesus said. <coughs> let us know that Satan had already uh, put it in uh, their, his heart to betray him. Now now remember, while this is going on, the disciples don't know that Judas is a betrayer. They don't know. Okay? And so we're fixing to get into that. Any, any questions or comments about this? I think this is a beautiful scripture right here. It shows what Jesus wants us to be. Service. Any questions? But it shouldn't just be your family members. It should be any, any of. Well, your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're to be a help to anyone. Anyone. That needs help. Yes. That needs help. Amen. Those people that will take these scriptures about Jesus' carrot and try to prove that a person can be saved, and then lose their salvation. Judas is scared, but how to understand them all? I don't really know how to understand them all. He was not saved. He was chosen, but not for salvation. He was chosen for a different reason from the other eleven. I know we never. Peter said that one must be chosen to take the place of Judas is scared. And he talks about from which Judas by his scared fell. He fell from that ministry that he had from that yeah but i don't like you i don't think he lost his salvation though no he didn't have any salvation he didn't have any salvation he certainly didn't have any salvation as we know it he didn't he had been chosen neither does these other 11. although they're protected because jesus chose them because he loved them but he chose 
even though he, and it's hard for us to understand because Jesus loves everyone. But it's hard for us to understand that he loved these disciples and he was going to take care of them and he loved Judas Iscariot also, but Jesus, Judas Iscariot was chosen to betray him. It, that had to be done. Amen? Amen? Judas was born for that purpose. <coughs> and there's a lot of people, I personally don't believe that Judas Iscariot is going to be in heaven. You know, those are people <laughs> that, that want to say you can do anything you want until you go to heaven. And, and so they put Judas Iscariot. We can't put nobody there. And, and, and uh, so he knew those that, uh, that loved him. He knew those that would betray him. He knew those things. And so we need to understand that, that Jesus Christ knew those things. And, uh, you know, we, it had already been shown uh, where, where these people, when he told them to eat his flesh and drink his blood, a lot of them left. And the Bible said then that Jesus knew those who believed on him and those who followed him for the miracles and other things. Now, what did Judas do that the rest of them didn't do? He had a, he had a job. What was it? He carried the purse. He carried the money with him. And, it, and it's ironic to me that he, he loved money and he sold Jesus out for money, 30 pieces of silver. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and read verses uh, 18, let's see, 18 through 30. Go ahead and read uh, 18 through 30. Anybody? I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled, that he has Jesus spread with me. He has lifted up his against me. Now I'll tell you before it comes that when I when it has come to pass you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had said had thus said he was Troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask whom it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto the Lord, him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he, is, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he dipped it in sop, he gave it to Judas, Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered unto, into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for whom, for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that, uh, that we have need of him to feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the thought, went immediately out, and it was mine. Okay. 
And so, <laughs> Jesus, as soon as he gets through telling them about servanthood and telling them they would be happy as they, as they do these things, Judas is careful listening to all this. He hears all this. Now, is his mind right? Is his heart right? No, because Satan is tormenting him. Satan is, is, is working on his brain, and we don't know what uh, he was thinking. We don't know. We know that he had seen everything else the rest of them had seen. seen. He had heard all the teachings of Christ like the rest of them had heard, and yet here he was being tempted of Satan and, 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 uh, and didn't know how to, to react to it. And, and Jesus, in verse 18, he says, I speak not of you all. Look at what he says. I know whom I have chosen. See that? What he says. I know who that I have chosen. And he chose Judas. He didn't call him by name. That the scripture may be fulfilled. Now, it, this prophecy, or this that he quotes here is in an unlikely place. It's in Psalm chapter 49. And it's just, it's going along, it's a song, it's a song, and it's, that's what he quotes uh, from, uh, from, the, uh, from the scripture. Jesus quotes this, this psalm that, uh, uh, for, uh, Psalm 41 verse 9 is where it's from. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. And that's what Psalm 41 and 9 says. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now, the scripture is fixing to be fulfilled. It hadn't been fulfilled yet, but Jesus is telling them this quote, and he's telling them this scripture so they will understand that he knew this was coming on. They didn't understand it then. They didn't understand it until after the day of Pentecost, probably, that, that he understood that this was coming, that he knew who was going to betray him. And he, he uh, and now I tell you before it come that when it is coming fast, you may believe that I am, I am He. Now, fulfillment of Scripture, whether it's good or bad, is an indication that Scripture is absolute truth. Mm -hmm. Jesus wanted them to know this Scripture. They didn't know what was coming down the pipe, but he, Jesus knew they would witness it and they would remember what He just told them. And he would, they would be able to look at him and say, wow, he is actually the word in the flesh. He knew this. He used this scripture. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I read through the book of Psalms and I read that, I thought about Judas Iscariot because I knew the story of Judas. But I didn't even realize that Jesus quoted that when I studied that here a while back, a few years back now. I didn't even realize that Jesus had quoted that in the book of St. John, but he did. And so he said, I'll tell you this before it happens so that you'll know that I am he. Now, has he still told us a lot of things in the word that ain't happened yet? Yes. You better believe he has. And everything he's said and everything that was prophesied will come to that ought to skill to scare the petunias out of us. Because some of the things that's prophesied ain't ain't pretty. It's downright spooky and horrifying and we better believe that that is going to happen and that's it gives us even more reason to want to live and uh, be pleasing to jesus christ and he said now i want you to look at this he says verily verily i say unto you he that receiveth whomsoever i send receiveth me 
and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. So he says, the ones that I have chosen, the ones uh, who receive me, the ones who believe on me, will be received of those that, that see them. They will be received. He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. So anybody that receives the disciples or the apostles are going to receive Jesus Christ. Now, he had, why did he give him the, them that authority? That's a, that's a big authority he just gave to them. When they receive you, they're going to receive me. Why did he have to do that? Anybody? Because they were going to be the ones who built his church. They were going to be the one who preached the word. We're going to see in his prayer in chapter 17 that there's going to be a group of people that never laid eyes on him that's going to believe because of these men. And he wants them to be received. And those that receive them are receiving him. And those that receive him receive the one who sent him. Okay? It's important for us to know that. And so when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled and in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you should betray me. Now Jesus knew somebody was going to betray him, knew who it was going to be. He still ain't called his name. And, 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 and the other disciples heard what he said. They were listening to him. And they saw that he was troubled in spirit. He had just got through washing their feet and he just told them all this stuff. And now, now he's troubled. And the disciples looked at one another and, and, and doubted, the Bible said, that, that, that uh, uh, doubting of whom he spake. They didn't have a clue that somebody among them. And you know what? They piled around and they talked to one another. They hung out together. And they didn't realize Judas was was evil. Now what's that a picture of? That tells me that there's people in the church that ain't saved. They act like it, they talk like it, they look like it, but they're not wheat. They're tares. They're growing out of the same building, out of the same uh, uh, church, out of the same uh, group of believers. <coughs> Yet their heart ain't right with God. Amen. They're wicked in their hearts. They're deceiving in their hearts. He also got wolves in their sheep They're a wolf. And Satan deals with them a lot and uses them a lot. Satan uses them. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm not telling you this, and, and, I, and, and uh, the disciples were thinking, is it me, is it me? <laughs> Don't think that. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I'm telling you that goes on in churches. Amen. And everybody that says, Lord, Lord, ain't saved. Amen? Amen. Hey, I know some deacons that got saved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen? I've heard of a preacher getting saved. Yep. Think about that. And so... He, now, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom this is John talking about himself the, the, the one whom Jesus loved I like the way he gets to put that in there now 
he was he got was given that title because he was the only one who never died other than natural causes. He didn't get he, but anyway. So everybody thought he loved John. Even Peter thought that. But Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him naturally. Peter was going to be the one that should ask, "Who is it that you're talking about?" Did they have a right to know? I think they did. That one of them was a devil. I think they had that right, don't you? But it's amazing to me when Jesus tells them how they can identify him, they don't. <laughs> well, Jesus had just picked out the road to Judas <laughs> and then, at that point. Well, when, when they, he, he then lying, lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? When John asked him, Peter asked him, John asked him, and look what Jesus said. He it is whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. Now, if, if I would have been there and I was wanting to know who, and I heard Jesus say that, you know what I'd be doing? Watch a bird doggy. <laughs> but they didn't want him. God didn't want him to know. I mean, they were blinded. It, there were some things yeah. God didn't let them see. Exactly. And, and here's a prime example. Even after him. Jesus yeah. told them, that what, how they could identify him, they didn't see it. But it sounded like Jesus just chose him to do that. He was chosen for the, he was born for this purpose, in my opinion. And it, a lot of people say that ain't fair. There were a lot of people born for purposes. God's purposes. He's God. He don't have to have our permission to do anything. And he's got a plan, and men fulfill this plan. Okay, men fulfill the plan. The the everything that he says, men is is going to bring about the things that are prophesied. And so it says after he after uh, and and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now you'd think that it's Simon, it's Judas, it's it's him. We knew he wasn't no good. All he thinks about money. They didn't see that. They didn't say that. They didn't even see it. Do you think Jesus put that thing behind his back, walked up to him? <laughs> I don't think so. God don't do that very often. He don't work that way. Plain sight of all of them. It was in plain sight, and they didn't see it. But if they had known that it was Judas, they, they might have attacked him, might have killed him. Well, that's the whole purpose in God putting blinders on them where they can't see certain things, because they would have tried to prevent it, like Peter did by cutting the man's right. ear off. Right. They would have tried to prevent it the will of God from happening. And, and that's what I get in so much trouble from warning people, things going on in the world right now that we see it so, oh, that's awful. Why don't God put a stop to that? God may be doing those things. Okay? Now, always remember that. Remember that. Because it, it, it will help you understand more about the world situation. And we get to see what's going on in the world. We, we have access to those things. And, and look what happens when Judas takes that sop. What happens to it? Satan possesses his body. That's spooky. That's, that's another credit. Satan cannot possess the body of a saved person. Satan, well, the Holy Ghost hasn't been poured out yet. And so that's why Jesus taught us in, in the Gospels that in order for the, the thief 
to take over a home, he's first got to overcome the strong man of the house. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Satan can torment you. He can't get in there. And I believe that firmly. So we know that the Holy Spirit was not in Judas Iscariot because Satan entered into him. Now, do y'all think literally? <laughs> I think so. The Holy Spirit literally enters us. And so and what, now, now what, is, what does Jesus mean when he, when he, after Satan entered him and Jesus said, what you do, do quickly? What does he mean? He, he knew that it was time for him to go betray him. It's time for you to go betray me. He, he knew where Judas was going. He knew he was going to go to the Sanhedrin. He knew he was going to go to the high priest. He knew he was going to barter for money. By the way, that's prophesied too in Old Testament. That he was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. Amen. That's all in the Old Testament. It's all prophecy. He knows everybody's heart. He knows where they're at. Yeah. And, it, and he is the word. He knows the word. He knows what's fixing to happen. He knows the betrayer. He knows who he is. He knows how he's, what he's going to sell him out for. And he knows that it's time for that to happen. And there's something else. I think Jesus wanted him to leave. When Satan failed him, I think Jesus wanted him to leave. Because Jesus got lots of things he wants to talk about to these other men. And Judas is just filling space at this point because he's filled with Satan. He ain't going to get none of it. Okay? Think about that. Alright. And so, <laughs> now no man at the table knew what was intent that he spake unto him. After they had asked all these questions and he had given him the sign, and they just thought, Jesus, Judas got the money back, he just sent him out to buy something for us. Now that's blinders, isn't it? Amen. And that's God. God didn't want them to know. He didn't want them to see. He didn't want anybody going out and trying to chase Judas down and tying him up saying, you ain't going to betray our Lord. Because that's what they would have tried to do. Might even have tried to kill him. Okay? And God couldn't have anybody interfering. Now listen to me. <clears throat> There's things going to come on this world according to the Word. Not, not things I'm making up. Things I have read in the Word and you've read in the Word. There's things coming that haven't come yet. We know that, don't we? There are things already here. They're already here that haven't been unleashed yet. And the Scripture tells us that God will send someone to unleash these things that are already here. That's, whew, that's spooky stuff, isn't it? And it's going to be evil, devastating, wicked, magnified greater than anything that we have ever seen in our lives. Amen. Anything greater than we've ever studied in history. There ain't no time ever like to come. Do you think God has blinders on us that we can't see some of that stuff? Absolutely. That He don't want us to see some of that stuff? Why would He do that? Why did He do that to them? To keep people from trying to interfere and stop. To keep us 
from concentrating on what we see instead of watching him. He wants us walking our way. Amen. Not looking at the, Yeah. Not looking at what's going on. We ought to know what's going on. And we can't stop it anyway. He wants us focused on him. He wants us focused on our children. He wants us focused on our families. He wants us to focus on our loved ones. He wants us to lead people to him against that day. So he don't necessarily want us to know. And, and y'all, this is the sad part. We want to know. That's why everybody's so excited about Revelation. That's why I always said, I don't know where I want to ever teach Revelation. Because there's things that we do need to know that's coming, but we don't need to focus on just that. We need to focus on the God that's bringing it all. When God told the Israelites to go in and kill everybody in that whole camp or whatever town, you know, and they didn't do it, and He, he told them that there would be a thorn in their side, and they, and they have Israel has had trouble ever since from the Palestinians. Okay. Y'all, we're gonna stop right here in verse 31. We almost got through with that chapter. There's just a lot there, y'all. In the in the next, if y'all will look from. Verse 31, all the way, you'll turn in your Bible. If you've got a red letter Bible, you don't see a black letter until John chapter 16. And you only see uh, three verses that's got any black letter in it at all. Well, other than Jesus said. Uh, there's actually one in 16 and 18 and 19, there's some black letter. And then it goes red again until uh, chapter 18. This is almost all teaching of Christ that we need to know. Question on uh, Judas Iscariot back in verse, or chapter 6 verse 71 it says he spake of Judas Iscariot the son of Simon. Now is this the same Simon Peter? Uh -huh. This is a whole different individual. Right. Simon, uh, Peter's name was Simon. Uh, he wasn't the daddy of Judas Iscariot. And there's another Judas that's a brother of James yeah. that gives the father's name. So there's another Judas as a disciple. That's what some, the disciples are sometimes not called by the same name in the scripture. But he, there's another Judas in there too. There were many Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is a common name. As far as I can tell, once Judas leaves the only time he's with Christ again is when he kisses him. And he's never with Christ again. And he, he only comes back for that moment. He's not with them in the garden because he leads that mob to them, to Jesus, and he kisses him. That's the kiss of death or the kiss of betrayal. And, uh, Apparently, Judas was the weakest in the group. And that's because he, he uh, had this weakness about money, so that's why the why he was chosen to do that and the and the devil entered in it. Because the devil knows who's the weakest. You take people that are, have uh, hardships in their life and they get weak and have sickness and get weak and stuff. That's when a lot of times Satan likes to attack them. Yeah. They blame God for the problems and stuff. Well the Bible tells us that there's something that is the root of all evil. What is that? It's money or mouth of money. 
love of money, yeah. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money, it's the love of money. And Judas had that weakness. You'll, you'll remember when when the, the woman broke the alabaster box and anointed Jesus with it, what did Judas say? He was the one that spoke up. This could have been sold for a lot of money. <laughs> so he didn't even see the act of, of, of worship from this woman. He saw a waste of money. Now think about that. And money can be our weakness. We can, church, in a church, money can be their weakness. Money can cause more problems than anything else that I've ever seen. I, and, and I hadn't been in that many churches, but I've been around a lot of churches. And when you talk to people in churches and they're having turmoil and problems in the churches, nine times out of ten over money. Nine times out of ten, it's over money. And so we have to be careful that we don't let the love of money enter into our hearts and make that be a stumbling block for others around us or become a stumbling block because of that. And Judas loved money. And that's why he took money to betray Christ. Sometimes we can just focus on the money situation and not the God situation. Yeah. And that's always a, a, something we have to be careful of. There is a business side of the church. There is. But, that's not but it, it needs to be handled. But that's not what the church is about. The church is about being a light to a lost world. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what the church is for. The church, when we come together, we have business meetings. That's good. That ain't nothing wrong with business meeting. We've got business we need to conduct. That's good. But that's not our primary focus. That's not our primary goal. And, you know, that's why, y'all know, I, you, I, I, maybe one time since I preached and I've even brought up giving money. I don't preach on that. This church is blessed. I, I don't preach on that. And here's why. I feel like if God's got you, He's got you, man. I, I believe that with all my heart. I believe if you love Him, you're going to give. He loves a cheerful giver. And He tells us to not let the left hand know what the right hand does. What you give with this hand, don't even think about it with this hand. When you pressure somebody into giving. And, uh, that's right. I'll never want to pressure anybody and say, if you give, you'll be blessed. Well, the Bible promises that. But it don't direct me to teach it, preach it to you. You don't need no airplane in that now. Can I have a raise? <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd put that thought in there. No, I'm just playing, y'all. Uh, thank y'all for being here tonight. This has been good. And uh, I love you. Love all of you. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Uh, I rarely ever say this about Louisiana, but they passed a law today that tickled me to death. Every classroom must display, in God we trust, no smaller than 11 by 14. Wow. Amen. Amen. They got a Democratic governor. <laughs> Ain't that something? Not only primary school, secondary colleges, any school room. That's great. Amen. We got that in certain states or what? Yeah, who's yeah. ACLU jumped on it like a. Oh yeah. Brother Gary, I didn't know. Who jumped on it? Was ACLU? Some law was passed or something. The the Louisiana legislature passed a law. 
that the Ten Commandments would be on display. No. In God, in God. Oh, in God we trust will be on display in all classrooms in the public schools and colleges and universities. Wow. And it has to be a certain size so it's readable. That's cool. Now the legislature is Republican. Mm -hmm. But I don't think their governor, he can veto that. And he ain't going to do that. I hope he doesn't. If all he right. does, he probably won't no, be It's a law. No pass. He can't veto that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had to sign off on it. Yeah. He has. No, he didn't have to sign off on it. He just let it ride. <laughs> I mean, he can't sign off on it, or he can just let it ride. Yeah, he, he is a real, actual conservative Democrat. He's one of the few left. That man is. All right. What you think? Thank y'all for being. Oh, don't forget Sunday night ice cream. We're going to have sweet fellowship. Oh, look at Mitchell. Mitchell, look. Uh, Mitchell, we might find some diet ice cream. They got it. They got it. I got it. If you come, I'll bring some. Uh, I, I get it for the record. <laughs> it's men's breakfast Saturday. What about me? Sir? Men's breakfast Saturday. Men's breakfast is Saturday morning. I just put the biscuit. I mean, the biscuits was already here. Just put the eggs and bacon and the sausage and the milk and the orange juice and all that stuff's already in here. That's three days from now. Did you put some more? Huh? Did you put some more? Yeah. It was already back there. What? You need to look. It was already back there. If you just put something back there. I just put it back there. Okay. Hell, 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 hell. Hey, we got, we got plenty of breakfast here. <laughs> and, and Gideon's, I think. They, they might not. They too. might have enough for us ladies to come. The, the Gideon banquet <laughs> is Friday night. Those of you who have... Uh, registered to go. It starts at 6 o'clock at Queen City First Baptist Church uh, Fellowship Hall. Go down the street beside the new building and it's behind it on the left. Okay, 6 o'clock for the Gideon Banquet. Any other, any other announcements? Brother Gene Wise, would you dismiss it please? Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the day that you've blessed us with. Lord, I thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Lord, we just give you the praise, honor, and glory. I thank you and praise you for the word we've heard here this night. I pray that we take it to our hearts and apply it to our lives that we might draw closer to you. I thank you for Brother Gary for being a true, honest preacher that will preach God's word with It's what we want to hear and what we need to hear. I thank you for that. Pray that you'll be with us all. For those that mentioned on the prayer list, Lord, for those for healing, Lord, I know all healing comes from your hands. I pray that you reach down to be thy will and touch these uh, bodies, Lord, that you heal them and you receive the praise, honor, and glory. Give us traveling grace, man, as we go on our way home. For Jesus, for holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.